Welcome to Podcast 17. I'm Linda Brady. And I'm Michael Brady. And together, we're partners for Karmic Freedom. We want to welcome each of you to this important second call discussing the conflict in Ukraine. We also want to thank each of you for your feedback. We've gotten a lot of great feedback on what we talked about from an astrological standpoint, some political, but mostly um, mostly involving the similarities and the complexities of the astrology of the three countries we're going to be talking about today. Of course, the United States, uh, Ukraine, and Russia. So we're putting together an astrological analysis determining the common thread, and we talked about this in our last podcast, that the common thread throughout all those countries and the players in the countries have to do with the sign of Aquarius. And we we referenced the fact that we are, in fact, moving into the age of Aquarius, and this is another piece of transition moving into that new time, that new 2,000-year cycle. Yes, I, I would consider that we are in the age of Aquarius now. We're not transitioning into well, where some actually of us did. are in the age of Aquarius, and then energetically or emotionally or ideationally, certain some people, some portion of the people in the world, are still living as if in their they're in the age of Pisces instead of the age of Aquarius, and in that sense, we're still transitioning, right? Because it's a two thousand year uh, theme of growth for us on the planet astrologically and. Of course, it's going to unfold for a thousand years before it gets to its maximum effect. And there's some of us that will get there faster than others. Right, exactly. Um, right, like like uh, having scores for a test. There's a bell-shaped there's curve. There's a bell-shaped curve, right. So I think the reason we're doing these podcasts on this particular situation is because of the similarities of Aquarius and how Aquarius, the sign of Aquarius, and the fact that Saturn's in Aquarius and Mars is in Aquarius as we speak. Okay, and Saturn is the planet of responsibility and structure, right? Or hurdles that need to be overcome. It depends how you deal with it, right? And Mars is assertion, creating uh, kind of new beginnings in a positive sense, or conflict and war. And war, you know, okay. <laughs> or in the true. lower realms. Okay, so I, I'm, I love history. I'm a historian by avocation. And so for me, it was, it was fun and enjoyable to really do the research that involves, you know, those three countries. Your eyes sort of glow when you are on a computer <laughs> doing history research. I for know, sure. I absolutely love it. Well, so we're going to start with the United States. Um, and so United States, as we've talked about before, has a moon in Aquarius and a south node in Aquarius. Okay. Now, what that means is the moon in a chart, in a, in a country's chart, in a person's chart, represents the emotional complexity, the emotional flavor of the country and or the person. All right. right. And a moon in Aquarius is about the common people. It's about the grassroots up. It's about how people uh, come together with a like mind to fulfill a common purpose. Right. Okay. So back in the day, you know, in 1776, July 4th, as a matter of fact, the chart was, I did the chart on the United States. I did it for 5 p.m. There's some conversation about that, whether it was really 5 or whatever. It really doesn't matter all that much. What matters is that the chart has a moon in Aquarius. So on that day, on July 4th, 1776, we declared our independence from from England. And we were doing something that was Aquarian-like. Absolutely Aquarian-like. Aquarius rules rebellion. 
it rules the ability to you know to fight against uh, tyranny against lack of freedom. Aquarius is all about freedom and independence, and that's what it is. And you know, if it means it has to go to war for it, it will. Right. And clearly, back then, we did. Right. We went to war for our independence. Well, it's. I think I think Aquarius energy is about autonomy in a pure sense, and then freedom and independence are subsets of that. Right. Okay. So here we have a small country, a small country, with uh, no viable army or navy. Clearly, we just had you know we had people getting together in their different towns. David you know. versus Goliath. Yeah, it was David versus Goliath, and the common people. The key common people is Aquarian. So here are the farmers and the merchants and the, the blacksmiths and all these people who have no idea of how to fight a war. They're not warriors. And there's a parallel because we have the people of the Ukraine, of Ukraine, uh, who are. Small groups, common people, right. Coming standing together. up against oppression. And right? we're going to talk more about that when right. we get to Ukraine. Ukraine. So the bottom line of that is that we, in fact, these men and women came together in order to fight for freedom and independence. And um, and they won. They won. And the you know, when you look at back at George Washington, for instance, when he became, when they anointed him, actually, to become the lead, first leader of our country, they wanted him to be the king. They had right. asked him to be king. And he turned them down flat because he wanted to be an Aquarian. It was not about being a king. It was about being a president. It was right, about being a right, leader. Right. So. He didn't want power concentrated into one person's hand. That's what we were fighting. Yeah, which is what we were <laughs> you know, fighting right. against, right? So, yeah. you know, he had the sense to say, hey, no, that we just came out of that. Let's not do more let's, of the same. Let's not do more just of the same. Just change people here. Right. So the key of, is to remember is the moon in Aquarius is in our chart, our astrological chart for the United States. And we see it all the time. You know, we went to war with Germany and Japan, all right? What did we do after we won in Japan? We went in there and, and actually created— Same with Germany. Yeah, and same with Germany. Right. We went we in helped there. to rebuild exactly. all the countries that we overcame Absolutely. in World War II. And there is that humanitarian quality about the United States people. Instead of taking plunder and occupying the countries and absorbing them into our own culture. Exactly. So, you know, we have a very strong, um, I don't know, I guess, faith, humility, something that brings us to want to take care of and help. And help. Now, the United States also has a son in cancer. So that's the, the archetypal mother. Right. So, you know, that something so yeah, yeah, but the, the Aquarian part of us is, is there. I mean, we've sent so much to, to Ukraine. We've sent so much to so many countries. We have fought for other countries. You know, we have done all that as, as, as Americans. And I, as you all know, I'm a strong patriot, so I have a bias here. Okay, so that's the moon in Aquarius in the United States chart. Now, we also have a south node in Aquarius. And we've talked about South Nodes before as what we bring in from the past. It's, right. uh, it's the part of our, our karmic foundations, if you will. Right. About it's the foundation from which we're growing from um, towards something else in our life. Right. So in a country's chart, like the United States, mm-hmm. it implies that we have really deep um, foundations in democracy. Right. Okay. Not, ne- not necessarily the republic energy, but democracy. All right. So democracy started in Greece. Right. right? That was when we were the first recorded Which history. Which is strictly defined as one man, one vote. One and man, one did, vote. And there's no way that a modern sized 
uh, country could possibly do a one-man, one-vote rule about how we create laws and stuff. No, but in Athens in 500 BC... It was possible. It was possible, not only possible, adults were required to be part of the government. That's right, right. And every time that they had to make a, a choice about something, they had to take a vote. Right. And there were enough people to, you know, small enough group. A small enough group, you can do that. But you get into a couple of million people, you can't, you can't really do it. One one person, one rule, one vote for everything that you're going to decide to do as a government. Right. So I think when we think about the South Node, I take it back to Greece. I take this country's collective energy back, back to, to Greece. Greece and any other country who believed in that. One one man, one woman, one vote. Right, now, which is really about individuals being autonomous, having their their own right to do their life the way they choose to. Exactly. So, And I'm sure that there are other karmic foundational stuff that I haven't looked at. But the South Node in Aquarius in the United States chart is important because it says we, we we came from democracy and we're going to continue being in right. a democracy. And the North Node, which is the opposite sign, right, mm-hmm. in Leo in, in Leo. this case, is saying that when our country was formed, it was being called to become a leader in the world. Correct. And so there have been, as we all remember during World War II, a great deal of isolationism in this country. I mean, we didn't begin that war for years, and we only That's began right. it when we were we were attacked. Only when we were attacked by right. Japan, right? So the isolationistic part of a South Node in Aquarius. There was a lot of division, division. in the United States before World War Two and World War One also. Yes, you know, and and all and of the that. Civil War and the Lord yeah. knows the Civil Lots War. Lots of division. Right. Yeah. So anyway, so that's the collective moon energy in the United States chart. It also in the South Node, what we just talked about. So I'm I'm going to continue to do more research, and I think I would call everybody on this call to do the same thing. So to look at that South Node in Aquarius, you know, for for yourself. And, you know, for the country, where does it come from? What are the foundations? And how do we how do we become leaders in the world? Now, we've been told, and I think it's true, we're not the policemen of the world. Some people have said we are the policemen of the world. No, we're not. We're the leaders of the world. We, we're called to become leaders, and we're not the only leaders in the world, but our job is to become a Leo, brave, courageous, fighting for what's right, et cetera, et cetera. Now, that's pure. You know, then there's problematics with Leo, too, like autocracy or power hungry or controlling or needing a, a right. you know, needing a lot of acknowledgement and approval. Right. That's a, a problem, too. So but both sides, South Node and Aquarius, North Node, Leo, are part of the real karmic foundations of the United States. OK. Mm-hmm. All right. Fine. So then I did a I prepared a chart for the day that uh, Ukraine declared its independence from Russia. And that was August 24th, 1991. And on that day, Saturn and the moon were in Aquarius. Isn't that interesting? All right. So that means that the same thing as you were talking about before. The people of Ukraine were not warriors. There was a, they had an army. They had a navy. But they didn't have full, a fully engaged army navy. They were um, coming. Yeah. These are guys and women, you know, people that come off the streets and say, hey, I'm, I'm going to stay and fight here. Right. And they did. Right. And they could be winning. Which really harkens back to the American uh, fight with the British. It, it's exactly the same thing. It's exactly the same thing. Yeah. And so they. So on that day, there was the moon in Aquarius. We talked about that before with the United States. 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I'm, I am right. So the moon was in Aquarius, common people coming together for a common purpose, which was fighting against Russia to and resist Putin. the invasion. Not. I hate to even turn, use the term Russia. Let's call it Putin, because I'm sure the Russian people are not interested in this fight. I don't. I really don't think they are. Uh, but Putin is, yeah. and and his cohorts are. Well, anyway, okay. So that happened then. Now the other thing, though, that's interesting is that. We have a south node in Aquarius in the United States chart. Ukraine has Saturn in Aquarius. Ah. Okay, which is the, is the planet of either restriction or responsibility, depending also, on which way you move. And right? also represents the past. And represents the past, right. You know, good father, good, the good father energy, good leadership in the past. So both of our countries have a very strong past, historically, okay. in wanting to be free and I wanting independence. Okay. Yep. Okay. And that seems to be true about them over there. It certainly looks that way. Yeah, it sure it sure looks that way to me it, because it sure looks, yeah. you know, to be a non army person and to volunteer to grab a rifle and go stand in the street and engage in combat is is extraordinary. It it certainly is. And you know, in many reports we get they're holding their own. Yes. And you know, they're getting a lot of help and they've been calling for They've been calling for all of us to become citizens of the world. And I think we are, as Aquarians, we are citizens of the world. It's global. Yes. It's a global collective unconscious. All right? Now, I, I have some people that I know that probably don't even know what's going on in Ukraine. They don't like to watch the news. Oh, Linda, the news is so depressing. Well, that's not being a citizen of the world. You know, we need to, we don't have to get enmeshed in it. We don't have to be you know, uh, encompassed by it. But at the same time, I think it's important we know what's going on. Right. Especially as we're looking at this as not only what's going on in Ukraine, but it's going on here. That we're having the same issues here on some level, and I'm not going to go through all the politics of that. But, you know, we have a moon in Aquarius, so do they. Right. They're, we are reflecting each other's emotional centers. Yes. And I think that's just really important for us to think about. We don't hear this on the news. We don't talk about this. Um, that's why I guess we're, we're in business, huh? You know, because we do talk about things at a different level, at a higher level, from, or at least from a different perspective. A karmic perspective. A I'm karmic trying to look at it from the biggest frame I can, I can examine it through. Right. Okay, so we believe that Ukraine and Zelensky are the common, are the common people. Right. And the... In enemy, if you will, or what they're fighting against, of course, is what's going on with Putin. Okay, so it's kind of like the English trying to oppress us in the American Revolution around land and control, money and taxes, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, and Putin is trying to take control of their money and their power and <laughs> and their land. Right. So this whole thing that's coming up now, I think, is reflective I think we all need to learn from it. I think it's important that we learn from it. Um, you know, I've had clients who call and say, are we going to go into a war? Is it going to be a war? And, and I, don't, I can't answer that question. But what I can say, and what we'll talk about in a few minutes, is what we can do about that. Because helplessness is one of the things I see pervasive. Oh, yeah. Well, I think that's, that's uh, a result of the fact that there's been a threat of nuclear war yes. with this. 
And you and I grew up with the fear of nuclear war. We were the the kids hiding under the desk in the fifties. Oh 50s. gosh, yes, <laughs> yes. And just in case we had the big swap going on. And I remember how depressed I was when I came back from Vietnam, started college, about that that issue. Uh, it was very hard for me to get my head in the first year I was in college into my life because I had this undertow of kind of depression going on because. When I was in the Navy, they taught me what that major exchange over the poles oh, yeah. would have actually been like. And it would have been the end of the world, really, yeah. kind of thing. It would have been the end, of, I mean, for everybody on this planet if we'd have actually done that kind of swap. And the whole East Coast of the United States would have been gone in primary blast effects. The whole East Coast would have been gone. And I was thinking to myself back then when I started college, watching the news every night, reading the papers every day. This could really happen. This, you know, this stuff that's going on back then was as crazy to me then as this stuff is now kind of thing. And it depressed the hell out of me. And I had to figure out a way to not let that cloud interfere with my involvement in my life. And at the same time, not withdraw from the world, not withdraw from knowing what's going on right. in the world. And I think that's exactly what... It's the same issue today. Right. Well, and those are Bay of Pigs. I remember that. I was um, in my second year of college, and I remember going into class, of uh, a psychology class, scared to death. Because back then, we didn't know what was going to happen. We you know we could have been in a war then very easily with Russia. Yeah. That's when Kennedy, of yeah, course, yeah, you know, yeah. drew the line, yeah. which thank God for him. Um, and I remember sitting there going, this could be the last class I ever sit in. And my, our professor, Mr. Pachulis, I'll never forget, you know, because everybody in the class, there was an elephant in the room. You know, we're not going to talk psychology. We're going to talk about what's going on in Cuba, right? Right. Um, and he said, you know, I wouldn't worry about it if I were y'all. And we looked at him and said, well, why not? He said, because it's not going to happen. And I don't know That's right. well, where, he, where he got that. Well, okay. Well, arbitrarily, okay? Is the glass half empty yeah, or half he made full? It, yeah, and if he you, wanted us to be more comforted, I suspect. Right. But he said it was such, with such a pronoun, profound yes. you know, energy. Belief. 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 He faith. had faith yeah, in faith. what he was saying, right? Yeah, absolutely. Which, which was based in what? Facts of some sort at the time? I don't think so. No. Because if you put a glass exactly half full on your counter every morning, and when you get up, you come out and you say... Hmm, is that half empty or half full today? There is not an objective answer to that. There's no scientific objective, just the facts ma'am answer to that question. It's a choice. Right. It's a choice we're making. So your 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 uh, school teacher was making a choice, and he lived in his choice, didn't he? Yes, he did. While he was still watching the news, probably. And keeping up. Right. Well, clearly, I think he was. So anyway, so then I did a chart on Russia. All right. And Russia, um, new Russia. This is the Russia that was declared, you know, in 1990. All right. Uh, the de- declaration on Russia's national sovereignty. Its national sovereignty became different than the Soviet Union. Right. Which and was broke up. Greater than Russia. And the thing that's interesting, and I have to toot my horn just a bit here. I remember back in the day, knowing that Uranus was in Aquarius, all right? And Uranus was moving into Aquarius. And I also knew that Russia is, guess what? An Aquarian country. Russia has a sun in Aquarius. Their sun is in Aquarius. Absolutely. So when Uranus went into Aquarius, it created a deep disruption in the Soviet Union. 
And what happened was the Soviet Union became Russia and all the satellite countries that were part of the Soviet Union were beginning to break away, like the Ukraine broke away a year later. Right. So all these other countries are moving away from the Soviet Union. And, of course, I think what's happening, I think we all would agree that Putin's not ha- wasn't happy about that. And he was back in the KGB back then, probably hated hated it that, that the Soviet Union was breaking up. And we, they lost that kind of power with all that kind of those countries underneath it. Oh, he's not interested in power. Is oh, he? no, of course not. So now he, I think he made a commitment and a, a, a deep commitment to saying, I in the, when I'm when I am the dictator of this country, I'm getting getting those countries those those countries back cuz they are not they belong to he's us he's not really a dictator is he wasn't he elected in a fair election well i don't know about that but <laughs> anyway so the the bottom line is um you you the country of aquarius was developed and born when uranus was in aquarius yeah okay and uranus is a planet that takes 84 years to return to any point. Right. Right. So it was a big deal for for the United, for Russia. And you know, Russia was a country that believed in communism. That was their big deal. Right. Well, communism on an intellectual, ideological level, ideological level is, is Aquarius. Aquarian. Right. Absolutely. Okay. Except that in functionality, it doesn't work. It, it breaks and is mm-hmm. not Aquarian. It's a dictatorship. Exactly. So, and yet, you know, we have to look at that and say, well, at that point in time, when Uranus went into Aquarius, the disruption of a belief, which was the communism, that there, there was a disruption and communism doesn't work. Right. It certainly didn't work in their country. And Russia has become more capitalistic Capitalist, since the breakup of the USSR. Absolutely. Because now we're talking about the, uh, the uh, Russian... Oligarchs. Oligarchs, right, okay, yeah. which are the rich businessmen. Yeah, the billionaires. Right. Well, the thing I found fascinating, and I, I would hope and pray and have faith, that the people of Russia will take a look at Putin's yacht. Just that. If they could ever see what that yacht, $700 million yacht, I looks like. I can't imagine something that floats on the water that's not an aircraft carrier that should cost that much money. Well, have you seen the inside of that sucker? Well, I know it's it, it's plush it, and it's huge, right? Yeah, and what they say, gold toilet paper holders. No kidding. No kidding. I mean, the whole thing is it's it's just obscene. And people in Russia right now always don't even have their yeah. ruples are worth nothing. I've always wanted a gold faucet. You were yeah. Well, this isn't a it's just a paper. This is a toilet roll holder. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> well, anyhow, I just hope someday that the people of Russia can get a look at that. They're starving. Their ruple is down in the toilet, and this man. Has is parked, I think, in Italy. I think it's parked in Italy yes. right now. Well, maybe they won't gas it up. Maybe he won't have any gas to take it back to Russia. That would be cool. Anyway, anyhow. Okay. So back to what we were talking about a little earlier when, and I see this in myself, I see it in my, my clients and my friends, that there's that feeling of, what can I do? I'm helpless. I can't control anything. I can't do anything about all this. This is a crisis that I, I just, I keep looking at these horrific, you know, imagery and I can't do anything about it. Well, we can. This is what I think we can do about it. Other than sending money, other than doing the Airbnb stuff or whatever we all do, praying, meditating, uh, all those things that people are doing, having faith, all of it, wonderful. But Carl Jung, back we go to my, my, my mentor, I hope he knows that on the other side. If he hasn't, if he hasn't incarnated again, he believed in the con- the concept of the collective unconscious. We talked about that in our last call, 
and it explains, in his view, it explained why common similar themes were going on around the world without the abilities we have now. So you can go into the country of Africa and the symbol for mother would be an archetype. Or you could go into, I don't know, another country, United States, the symbol for mother is an archetype. And he believed that these, that these countries and belief systems and mythologies had a lot in common. So he took from that that there was more of a collective experience going on in the world. Right, and there's a collective unconscious because these themes are passed down kind of like a gene strand um, from one generation to the next without teaching it necessarily. It's just somehow trans. Transferred from one generation to another. Well, we, then we have the archetype of the devil. We have the archetype of Hitler. We have the archetype of Putin. We have a, these other archetypes of people who are, in our view, evil. Right. Okay. So. And then we have archetypes of the good people. Yeah, we have we have a lot of archetypes, but but in this regard, I think. Um, I mean, we're looking at Putin and, and equating him to Stalin or Mao or Hitler. You know, um, you know, and that's evil. Okay. So he argued that the collective unconscious had a profound influence on the lives of individuals and the world. We are all citizens of the world. Remember, that's part of the Aquarian process. So we are citizens of the world sharing a common experience. So regardless of where we live, regardless of who we are, this thing that's going on in Ukraine is part of that collective unconscious and conscious experience. Right. Okay. So with that being said, I believe that if we continue to project challenges and problems on the collective unconscious, this is what happens. So we all have shadow selves, right? We all have parts of ourselves that we don't realize or that we create from or that create chaos. In that our we're mind. unconscious of. That we're, we're unconscious. Of. Remember yeah. what Carl said, what we repress within us, we create outside ourselves as chaos. And disorder. And disorder. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you take that and make it be the collective of the world. Why are we creating war, would you say? Well, we're creating war from all of that energy that's going into the world. Okay, so this is what I think we can do to support Ukraine. We can become, every one of us on this call, we can become the consummate, the consummate Aquarians. Now, on a personal individual level, the planet Saturn's in Aquarius. It's been in there for a year or so, Right. It's going to be in there for another year or so. Takes two and a half years to go through the, you know, to go around. The sign. sign. The sign, right. Go through one sign. So all of us have Aquarius somewhere in our charts. All of us, some of us have more than others. I have a South Node in Aquarius myself, um, which we'll talk about next podcast, you know, the people involved in all this. Um, So even beyond what's going on in Ukraine, we all have a responsibility, Saturn. We have a responsibility to become the best Aquarians we can be. Right. Okay? Well, everybody right. agree with that? Everybody right. out there is going, yes, we agree. Okay. So what does that mean? What that means is I have questions. As you know, I'm a teacher. And I have, I have questions here that I think will help us all really get in touch with what that means. Oh, good. What are those questions? I, I can't wait. Oh, you're so funny, Michael. Okay. The first, I just love to watch you talk. I know you do, dear. Okay. Um, these are the questions that I have. I'm going, to, I'm going to read them slowly, and then people can write them down or do whatever they want to do. Or contemplate them. them. Or contemplate, <laughs> even more importantly, make changes. The first question is, how do I create the structures to honor my unique essence? Now, that sounds awfully simple, doesn't it? 
But when you think about it, how many of us really, truly honor and love the parts of us that are different than? What does unique essence mean? Well, what do you think it means, Michael? I think it means what makes us special. And individuals. Which is individual, right? From everyone else. That's right. Well, no one has the same prints on their hands as anybody else. That makes them unique in the world. Right. In in the universe. There's no other creature in the universe that we're aware of that has exactly the same prints, fingerprints, as you do or I do. That's right. Okay, and this whole thing about the the unique essence is a highly individuated process of Aquarius. We are all we all are honored for our differences, not our sameness. Right. Isn't that interesting? The important part of that is not what's like, but what's different. That's right. Okay. And I remember as a young woman, I was a very heavy child. I was I weighed 140 pounds in the second grade. Um, that I was always the different one. Now, in being different, though, I was also a little smarter. I was also a lot more empathic back then. So people came to me with their problems, even when I was seven years old. So what made me different back then was honored a little bit, but mostly I was made fun of. But now, as who I am now in this life, I don't weigh, too, I don't weigh that much anymore, but that's beside the point. But people honor me for the fact that I'm different, that I have a different way of looking at things, that I am an astrologer, and that I, I moved away from the pack right. of psychology and education. All right. Anyway, okay, the next one is, what karmic lessons do I need to learn about being Aquarian? Now, this is a big deal because there are there are a lot of us going in the, that are born right here, right now, who have a, say, Chiron in Aquarius or South Nodes or Saturns, which means that we have been Aquarian before. We have been parts of tribes of like-minded people before. So we have the knowledge in our unconscious mind. We really do, of being the Aquarian we need to be. The challenge is about that. If you are, oh, let's say, if you are a shaman in a, in a small Native American tribe, and you're given, uh, you know, you're revered for your knowledge. You're, you know, you're the healer of the tribe. You tell the tribe where to go to find food. You know, you're, you're that person. You're not the chief, but you're the mystical spiritual leader. Yeah. You're the Aquarian. You're the one that knows different things. You know more than the tribe. You, you just know. But let's say one day you, that somebody comes up against you and is mad at you for some reason, and you are, you are abandoned by the tribe because of this one person you were betrayed okay so you're left on the side of the road with your family with very few skills because you're not a warrior you're a shaman so a lot of people have a lot of old ideas and fears about being individuated for being different unique or or unique all of it individualistic right so they're the people that truly truly want to be the same because if they're different they could be in trouble well they're afraid and they're afraid right so that this statement is pretty important. And a lot of clients that we've had have Chiron and Aquarius. And they know what it's like to be, you know, to be betrayed and hurt by being an Aquarian. Right. So our... My, and all of us have a piece of that somewhere of in our karma. I yeah, have a South Node in Aquarius. Yeah. I, clearly, I understand what it's like to be different. I, I came in this life different. Right. Okay. All right. So the next one is, how do I become more rational? Now... Carl Jung, you know, coined that term. And when he coined that term, he did not mean intellectual. He meant the the integration. That's half the loaf. Exactly. Intellect and emotion. Right. Coming together to create a really powerful integration. Just to review real quickly, Mm -hmm. 
Jung talked about four ways of being in the world, thinking, feeling, intuition, intuiting, and, and, and sensation. <laughs> I almost lost it. <laughs> um, okay. And the Western mind, he said, this is in the 30s, the Western mind believes that thinking and sensing are rational processes mm-hmm. and feeling and, in, and intuition are irrational processes. And he said, thank you for playing, but that's wrong. The truth is, is that thinking and feeling and the use of these words are the rational processes and sensing and intuiting are irrational. He went on further to define what rational and irrational meant. Rational is it's valid just because it occurs. Therefore, it is a yardstick. It is a, it is a, a, a constant by which to comparatively judge other things. So thinking and feeling, and by feeling, he meant not just our raw emotions, but our other brain and our body, our, our heart, mm-hmm. our heart center, our, our actual physical heart is more than half the same cells that, that, that compose the brain in the head. So he was thinking about thinking with your heart and thinking with your head, he said, are rational processes. They are the two modalities that we use to determine what something means to us. Right. Yeah, and so many people will say, I'm not being rational. And I'd say, no, you're not being intellectual by it, you know. So they're confusing the terms. That's right, because we've isolated right. out in the West only intellect being a rational process, and then the illusion that measurement, a ruler, is the other part of how we're rational when in fact we have found out recently in my lifetime that that's not true at the quantum level of reality they're even doubting that the speed of light is constant in the entire universe these days which means that there is no standard there is isn't anything in the universe across the boards that doesn't change so everything is changing all the time in the universe in relation to everything the only constancy that you can get from that perspective of how the universe works is that it's local you can get functional constancy in something in a certain area but it doesn't apply everywhere and that changes the whole game and really affirms what Jung said right okay I hope you all got all that. <laughs> I love getting into the I know. Of I, he talks about this stuff all the time. And I think I'm beginning, well, I understood the Jungian pieces. When he gets into quantum physics, I have to really open my mind. Okay, so the next question is, how do I find my like-minded tribe? And this is so important because most of us don't have that. Most of us don't have common people in our lives that are like-minded, whether that means politically, spiritually, psychologically, or whatever. And so a lot of us are searching for those people. And Michael and I have been doing this for 40 years. We have one hell of a tribe, I have to say, and it's all over the world. It's a tribe that we can relate to, and we're very blessed to do that. We made it our job. We made it our job to find like-minded people. To find our tribe. And to find our tribe. That's right. So, And um, they thought... We were doing it for them. <laughs> yeah, they years. thought they thought so. It was a very integrative process, wasn't it? Yes, it, it was. Okay. Um, so if you feel lost and alone out there, chances are that you are, don't have your tribe around you. And it would be important to start looking for that. Okay. Um, the next one is, what humanistic cause can I commit to? Well, we've got great causes right now, don't we? We have many causes that, that we can say- commit to. 
Is that the same thing as how do I make the world a better place? Well, of course. And okay. one person can make a difference and a group can make a better difference. All of that. Sure. They, well, if, if everybody got out of bed every day and thought, I'm going to interact with five people today or two people or even, even one person. It doesn't matter, right? Right. I'm going to interact with a countable amount of persons today in my actual life that I bump into mm-hmm. in a way that makes them feel happier or improves their lives or does them a favor sure. uh, or just share our connection with them in a positive way. That in and of itself is a way that each individual is changing the world. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, Michael and I have been known to counsel waitresses when we're being served our food because they look sad. Or and I, I one in particular, she she was crying when she was serving us, and I said, so "What's wrong, hon?" And and she was in the middle of a divorce, and we actually talked about some of that. So and we talked about faith and God, and you know if she could relate to that, and it was a wonderful interchange. And it's so it's important to us. It's important to them. It's a perfect it's a perfect dance. Okay, okay, and certainly right now we have a lot of humanistic causes we can commit to, and I think all of us need to commit to at least one in some way or another, whether it's to make a difference in someone's world day by day or to send thousands of dollars to Ukraine or to, you know, take care of a dog on the street. I don't, it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter. Okay. The next one is, what is my path to individuation and how do I pursue it? This goes back to the unique essence part. Um, Why am I different? How can I honor my difference? How can I applaud my differences? Who am I that's different than you? Um, and how and how important is that? And then finding out what that is about ourselves and then doing something about it. Right. You know, actions and nothing makes sense unless we take action on it. Right. Because that's where serendipity occurs. Right. Right. All right. OK. The next one is and this is really important. You all can go back to my book and read the prologue on this one. How do I distinguish and transform old Pisces beliefs? I mean, we could talk for hours and hours and hours about those old Piscean beliefs. We talked about it in our first podcast. You know, you can go to my book, our book, Discovering Your Soul Mission, New Rules for a New Age. The first, the prologue in that book talks about what Piscean beliefs there are, how to transform those Piscean beliefs so the Piscean beliefs can become part of the age of Aquarius. We don't want to be extreme about this. We're not going to throw the baby out with the bathwater. We couldn't do Aquarius, mind, body, soul, if we hadn't learned about the soul during the age Pisces. Well, everything we learn next in life has to be built on the foundation or placed on the foundation of what we learned in the past. Sure. But you know how many people have disregarded that or made that an extreme? Yes. And so we don't want to do that. That's we don't like good. extremism. No, like, ex- no. But just the, I think the basic, the basic problem I see in the world is extremism. Yep. And that is a old Piscean belief. Trying to find the middle way is right. the key. Or the third option, which is what I call it. Same thing. Yeah, same thing. Okay, so um, how do I become more responsible to being more independent? That's a big deal. Yeah, I remember years ago, you know, talking to clients and saying, has it occurred to you you could become your own boss? Has it occurred to you you might have a talent that you want to explore that makes you independent from all this other stuff? A lot of my clients took me up on that. Some didn't. You know, so being connected to such systems that we have no control over. How many people right now are in jobs they hate? Right. You know, or because they feel helpless or they have no control or whatever. You know, being independent, in my view, because I chose to be independent 
when I was 39. I said, I'm not working for the state of Maryland. I'm not going to be in education anymore. I don't care that I'm a vice principal on my way to the top. This system does not work for me. And I became an astrologer. And then I created myself as my own boss. And I'm the worst boss I've ever had. No, not the worst boss. The more. How would you describe me as my own boss? How would you? Well, relentless. Relentless. That's the word. <laughs> I've never worked for such a relentless person. I've never worked with such a relentless person in my life. That's true. I am extraordinary. You make me feel like I'm a slacker most of the time. Oh, you're not a slacker. I couldn't do it without you, darling. Okay. So last but not certainly least, what goals do I need to practice living the Aquarian life? Now, we talked about a lot of that before. So we could sit down with ourselves and say, okay, if I'm going to be Aquarian, I'm going to do these things. You're going to write it down. You're going to journal it. You're going to meditate on it. You're going to dream about it. You're going to talk to Michael and I about it. You're going to look at your charts about it. There are a lot of ways you can do that. And in doing that, guess what? You're no longer projecting problems into the collective unconscious. Right. You're, You're projecting the Aquarian way into the collective. And the Aquarian way is what's going on in Ukraine. These are people that are living out the Aquarian way, and they are mirroring to us what our Aquarian way was when we became a country. And they're in their first Saturn return. They're a very new country. Yes. And so Saturn returns uh, imply that there's going to be more maturity, more adultness, more of an understanding of whatever one's going through. And they're in that part of their life. They are recreating their country. And God loved them for doing that. And I hope everybody out there is doing something. I and just, I just hope that that the rest of the world, that we and the rest of the world, give them enough of what they need. I do too. to overcome the conflict that they're forced to be in, and to help them rebuild. But you know, the United States is really good at that. First, you have to end the conflict before you can <laughs> yes, rebuild. Yes, yes, we do. So that is that is our second podcast next week. We will be doing the third podcast on the on. We'll be talking about the players. We'll be talking about Biden. We'll be talking about Putin. And we'll be talking about what they what's going on with them as it comes up with this. So, you know, they are all Aquarians. You know, Biden is just like me. He has a South Node in Aquarius. Um, Putin has a North Node in Aquarius. So we want, we're going to take a look at that in our next podcast. So uh, that's all for today. And you got, God bless you all. And well, I have had a fun. Good Did week. you have fun? I, I always have a great time. So you all take care. And we'll talk to you next week. See Bye. you later.